Hello, and welcome to the FPS podcast series. This is podcast number 23, the contract appeals process. My name is Todd Hatherly, and I'm the director of programming for Federal Publication Seminars, and we're a leader in federal government contract training and professional development for over the past 60 years. And every year, Federal Publication Seminars trains thousands of businesses, federal agencies, and individuals on the legal, regulatory, and compliance and accounting nuances found in the federal regulations through nationwide classroom, online, and in-house sessions. This podcast is just a real small sampling of important content you as a contracting professional can expect from attending an FBS program. Whether you're in person or online, live or on demand, you cannot find another source with the breadth and depth of experience, knowledge, and content anywhere. So please visit us at fedpubsseminars.com for more information. Today, we're going to discuss the Board of Contract Appeals and the differences between the boards and the Court of Federal Claims and why a contractor might select from one, for one form over another. Joining me today is the Honorable Jerry Summers. She retired as the, the Chief Chair of the U.S. Civilian Board of Contract Appeals and is now a partner with Jenner and Block. Jerry, uh, great to hear from you and uh, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for the invitation. I look forward to our conversation. Excellent. Give us a so, uh, breakdown differences between the boards of contract federal claims and why a contractor might select one form over another. Basically, there are two of the large boards, the Armed Services Board of Contract Appeals and the Civilian Board of Contract Appeals, both of which um, have jurisdiction over the different agencies. So if you were with the Armed Services Board, they would be hearing cases from the Department of Defense and NASA. The Civilian Board hears cases from all of the civilian agencies, including Department of Homeland Security, Department of Justice. So it's a broad range of expertise amongst the judges and their ability to hear these cases. The boards of contract appeal judges are selected differently than the Court of Federal Claims. They have to go through a process of application, and then they have to show five years of government contract experience at a minimum. So most of the time, the judges have been practicing for a long time in this field, and they're selected because of that expertise. I know when we were hiring judges at the civilian board, people most, mostly had at least 20 years of experience in the field as a litigator, as a consultant, um, as a contracting officer, plus their legal careers. So sometimes people select the board's contract appeals because of that expertise. The judges really understand so much about government contracts. They get the nuances. They get the cost accounting stuff right. I mean, they just really understand all of it. And that's one reason why someone might choose the board over the court. The court judges are nominated and Senate confirmed. Their experience can be much more varied. They may not be experts in government contracts. They might be experts in other areas, maybe tax. Because the Court of Federal Claims hears so many other types of cases, they don't necessarily have the expertise in government contracts. That's not to say that they don't you know, get it right, but they don't have the expertise. That might be one reason why someone might go to the boards versus the court. Um, another thing about going to one or the other is that you need to be able to file your claim within a certain period of time. So if you wanted to go to the boards, you would file your claim within 90 days from receiving the contracting officer's final decision. So that's a pretty quick timeline. And not everyone's ready to file their claim at that moment. You just need to do it within a year to the Court of Federal Claims. So that's one reason why if you can't get your claim appealed within the 90 days, then you have that alternative form of the one-year forum. There's other reasons why you might go to the boards. The 
agencies are represented by agency counsel. So if you were a contractor who was trying to preserve your rights, but you wanted to still work with the agency to maybe resolve the case short of full-on litigation, you might file with the board because you'll still be working within the agency. The contracting officer has the ability to negotiate a settlement while you're pending before the board. If you go to the court, um, government is represented by Department of Justice attorneys. The motivation for keeping it resolved internally with the agency can disappear. The Department of Justice attorneys, their interest is on the um, behalf of the United States. The agency and the Department of Justice attorneys may not always see the things the same way. And that creates some differences between what you could expect at the court versus at the board. One of the things that both forums do is alternative dispute resolution. But again, if you're at the board, you are now, you are working with agency counsel and with the contracting officer more directly. Those are some of the reasons why you might do that. If you are wanting to represent yourself, you know, you have a comp- company and you've got attorneys and the CEO who are capable of doing their own representation, you could do that before the board. But the court requires that you hire an attorney. You can't self-represent before the court. Um, and that sometimes is financially problematic for companies. Mm-hmm. So those are primarily the differences. The court has one judge assigned to the case. The boards have three judges. One is the presiding judge, but then two other judges are part of the panel. And so that gives you a lot more balanced perspectives because at the board, if we're on a panel, we might duke it out as to what is really the answer. We have to come to some joint decision about the final conclusion. The the court doesn't have that limitation. They're not bound by each other. They're not bound by their own case law. Basically, it's it's really interesting that you would find conflicts within the interpretation of the law within the judges at the court. The boards strive to be consistent, that having three people on the panel helps with that consistency. And then the review process at the board, at least at the civilian board, is that once the judges have written their opinion, it goes through and there's a second set of eyes off of the board panel, just to look and make sure that we're consistent in tone, interpretation of the law, things like that. So those are, I think, off the top of my head, (laughs) some of the differences between the the board and the court. In your role now for Jenner Block, you advise clients on path they should take. First of all, you start going back to the, you go back to the agency and say, let's talk about this dispute. Then you have to decide where to go if you want to go to the the court or you want to go to the board. So what what are you seeing a trend? Are you seeing more board appeals than going to the courts? Yeah, I am. I'm seeing um, people are making that selection to go to the board. I think the reason why is because of the ability to have a little bit more flexibility in how you approach the case. Um, And also knowing that you're coming in with panel that has the expertise in the government contract sphere. The thing about um, being able to do the alternative dispute resolution piece of this is that the solutions can be much more creative than what you might get from a judicial decision. Mm -hmm. And all of the board um, judges engage on um, ADR matters. It's actually part of the assignment process. We have at the CBCA, there's a wheel and cases are assigned on the wheel, including a mediation wheel. If you wanted to ask for a particular judge, you could do that get assigned that judge if that judge is available. But all of them are competent and capable of doing ADR, and it's really become quite part of the the cycle of the cases. Most cases are resolved through some type of mediation, whether it's resolved right away or whether it's 
something that issues are knocked out because those are resolved. And then the case gets narrowed and ultimately parties may decide that it's, it's worth it to just go ahead and reach a resolution without having to go through full-on litigation with expert witnesses and then wait for an opinion to be issued. And then, you know, potentially appeal. Do an ADR, you eliminate that. You don't have to worry about the case being appealed because you've resolved it yourself. And people tend to be happier with their own resolution. Right. So I, when, so I, so when I'm talking to clients, I tend to advise them first contact us early before you're in the middle of writing a claim to the contracting officer. Call us early. Let us see what we can do to narrow the claim, focus the claim, and then negotiate with the contracting officer if possible. If not, then we've gotten there early, so we can hit that 90-day filing time period, which gives you more options. If you can't get it together within the 90 days then you've eliminated one of your two options right there. So the Board of Contract Appeals versus going to the courts, which which is the shorter route as far as getting a decision? So there there is some question about that in part. Um, the Civilian Board of Contract Appeals has an internal deadline, so the cases get out quickly. They're definitely within a few months. The Armed Services Board um, has a different pattern, so their cases take a little bit longer. But not longer than the Court of Federal Claims. So those are all things that um, come into play when you're trying to decide which forum to select. Great advice, and I appreciate your time, Jerry. I know you're, you're very busy, so I will uh, cut this off at this point. If one of my listeners wants to get a hold of you or talk to you about appeal, how would they get a hold of you? Um, they could email me at jsomers at jenner.com. Is probably the best way. Uh, you can also call me on my phone number, which is 202-230-6012. Thank you. I appreciate your time. As thank always, you so much. Well, thank you. As always, if you have topics you want to cover in a podcast, please send me a note at Todd at FedPubSeminars.com. Until next time, stay safe, keep your distance, and read the far.